Discerning Hearts presents In Search of the Still Point with Dr. Regis Martin. In episode 33, Dr. Martin talks about on saying no to nihilism. Imagine yourself having fallen into complete nihilism, which is the notion that nothing is of any real value. No mere flirtation, mind you, but the real McCoy, which is to say, a total acceptance of the doctrine that nothing could be more absurd than to be born, that it is sheer lunacy such accidents should happen to happen to anyone. Life is simply a joke, an obscene joke told at the expense of the living. Might that attitude uh, get in the way, do you think, of celebrating the birth of a child, your own child, for instance, or, on a more trivial level, the arrival of the child's first tooth, or his or her first steps. The poet Sandberg once said that the birth of a child, any child, was God's opinion that life should go on. But if you don't believe in life, much less miracles of life, or even God for that matter, what then? What follows from your view of birth that there's nothing especially endearing about it, that it rises to a level of banality neither above nor below that of any other bodily function, breathing, for example, or digestion, defecation even? The obvious implication, of course, is that it is not finally better to be or not to be, that there's as much to commend in nothingness, in a state of sheer blank extinction, as there is in being, in being alive. How far you would have traveled from the world of St. Thomas Aquinas, who believed, as Chesterton so memorably put it, with a most solid and colossal conviction in life. If the morbid Renaissance intellectual is supposed to have said, to be or not to be, that is the question, then the massive medieval doctor does most certainly reply in a voice of thunder, to be, that is the answer. The point that Chesterton is making here is of sheer stunning importance, because until the time of the Renaissance, it was understood by everyone that being, life, was not a matter for debate or discussion, as if the goodness of existence were something not at all self-evident. Because in the world of our ancestors, from the noblest patrician down to the merest peasant working in a pumpkin patch, being was everywhere perceived as a source of joy and delight, not doubt and certainly not despair. Never until modern thought began, says Chesterton, did it become necessary to fight with men who desired to die. The mindset of such men, the sickness of such men, half in love with easeful death, as the poet Keats would say, was entirely alien to the world of Catholic Christendom. The point bears repeating 
nothing could be further from the minds and hearts of our ancestors, which were wholly immersed in life and on the side of life, on the side, in fact, of the Lord of life, who brought an entire universe into being, ex nihilo, from nothing, simply by speaking his word. Perhaps in the effort to try and disabuse the nihilist, we might invite him to picture such a world as the one he actually does approve, a world so bereft of being that there is simply no there there, either to approve or disapprove. Because in facing an emptiness so inclusive and complete, he just might come around to an actual acceptance of the world that in fact does exist, which is a setting bountiful with being, overflowing with the energy of existence, positively barbarous in beauty, as the poet Hopkins exclaims, charged with the grandeur of God himself, which will flame out like shining from shook foil, gathering to a greatness like the ooze of oil crushed. That until we are forced to take the measure of the misery that follows upon nothingness, we may never get around to appreciating the stupefying good news that in fact things are, and they are good. As the radical nature of negation deepens, Joseph Pieper tells us, it becomes more necessary than ever to refer to this ultimate foundation, which is, he concludes, that at bottom everything that is, is good, and it is good to exist. For man cannot have the experience of the experience of receiving what is loved, unless the world and existence as a whole represent something good, and therefore beloved to him. Here dies another day, wrote Chesterton as a very young man, upon which he then pronounces all the good things that happened during that brief day, and with tomorrow begins another. Why, he wishes to know, have I been allowed to? An arresting question, one would think, stopping a man dead in his tracks, faced with the sudden ambush of being. St. Augustine has a great line in which he says, Tell me what you love, and I'll tell you who you are. Indeed, that very love, he tells us, becomes our gravitation, taking us from the life we love to the very love who is our life. Thanks for listening. This is Regis Martin in search of the still point. You've been listening to Dr. Regis Martin in search of the still point. For more episodes in this series, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it in our free Discerning Hearts app or on many other streaming platforms. Discerning Hearts is a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. To learn how you can support our mission, visit discerninghearts.com.